0: Hey guys, welcome to Big Laws Official, today's guest on Talking Strongman, the incredible four times World strongest man. And these days he is the head referee, World strongest man, the absolute legend that is Magnus Ver Magnussen. Magnus, how's things? Pretty good. Hello everybody. I've been, I've been trying to get the Magnus on for ages. I messaged him ages ago and he just ignored me. I thought he was ignoring me <laughs> and he's just old and can't use Facebook properly. But... Um, <laughs> It has to do with uh, that I read messages and I forget to reply. (laughs) That's okay. I'm going to let you off because we're here now. Um, No, it's really good to have you on. Obviously, this year has been very, very strange, but we have World's Strongest Man coming up. You are the head referee for that this year? Uh, Yes, I am. You're looking forward to it? And as far as I know for the next few years. Excellent. So you're the man in charge. Well, you're you're a great referee. Even even the fact that you've, you've disallowed me reps before, I think <laughs> you, you are a very very good referee. Oh, you're um, not the only one
1: that has lost reps.
0: No, that's very true. I, I don't feel singled out. You you are very strict across the board, um, and that's what we need as a as a referee in strongman. So you're know, you're the man for the job. But obviously, well, I, yeah, I believe in refereeing is like you have to
1: be strict but fair. Yes, and, and if you're like that, across the board, you don't run into any problems. Yeah, If you get lenient towards to somebody or whatever, you'll get all the other athletes jumping on your
0: back. Of course. Yeah. No, you need that. That's, it needs to be the same for absolutely everyone. Good, good solid lifts. Uh, I, I actually, whenever I see an athlete given a, a bad lift, I never blame the athlete. A lot of people online they'll jump on the athlete. It's the referee's fault for giving the the, the lift. Oh, yeah. If you if you say down to me and I'm like there on a log, I'm not going to say no, 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 and kind of finish off the rep. You're down and you're off. Yeah, you'll <laughs> um, <you're, you're>, <laughs> drop it be glad that you didn't have to hold it any longer <laughs> exactly but obviously the the refereeing is kind of one of the things you do right now i want to before we talk about maybe all the other stuff because you're heavily involved with the disabled side of strongman i know you've yeah. you know you've been really working hard with that i want to talk about that later but i want to take you back to the start because you are you know almost as you're almost at the start of strongman i mean back you've competed alongside bill kasmaer you know john paul sigmersen and then, you know, the Herit horse, those kind of guys in the, the 90s. You've been involved in Strongman right up until the present day. So you almost know absolutely everyone. I'm sure you've got some incredible stories. But I want to start with what got you into, into training in the first place. Um, so just, yeah, take me back to, to when you first got involved.
1: Okay. Well, I was living in a, in a place that, that I'm kind of originally from. Uh, that's called Sedisgirn. It's on the east side of Iceland and population just under a thousand people. And uh, before that I had been with my uh, grandmother and grandfather at at a farm. So uh, I kind of started growing up there. I was always pretty strong, always, you know, getting in trouble like everybody teenager does and all that. But actually uh, one of Iceland's best powerlifters and Olympic lifters, uh, his name is Oscar Sjöparsson. Moved to this place to be head of police, Okay. and he got the sports council there to order some lifting equipment. So uh, that's how it all started. And uh, we, we were we were there in in this little sports hall, which was this is a swimming pool in in the summertime. The floor was taken away, and it was a swimming pool underneath. So. We started lifting there, so every every training session we had to go to the side, bring it, bring all that we were using out on the floor, lift, and then put everything back because there were other sports there. But we, we had like I don't know what we had an hour or something or, or or two, you know, two two three times a week. So that's how it started.
0: How old were you back then? Uh, I was about eighteen. Okay. OK. This, from there then, where did you, I mean, was there, obviously Jean-Paul Sigmundson was a huge, huge star in Strongman. And was he someone that you sort of looked up to? Or he, he, did you even yeah. know about Strongman back yeah. then? Uh, not really. He was uh, he already a
1: powerlifting star here in Iceland at that time when I was kind of starting out. And I remember at this time I was sitting with my friends and in, in this place and we were watching telly they were lip showing John Holland and some other guys you know lifting. Yeah it was yeah. the Nordic championships or something like that. Now, so I said to all my friends, and I said, Well one day I'm gonna be there. They thought it was funny.
0: Yeah, like they are they would do. <laughs> I've been there before.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I I proved them all wrong. But uh you know it's just then from that, I, uh, I moved. Actually, went to a, for a half a winter. I think a winter yet, I went to the Westman Islands. This is a small island. It's is another small community, but a bit bigger than the one I, I was used to. And I was in school. Uh, my trade is actually welding. You know, mechanics. Yeah. So, uh, and I was training there as well. And uh, then from that. I moved to the big city. She uh, got to school again uh, in Reykjavik, and uh, but the main reason was I was I was chasing that guy that has been had been had had the police. He had moved to Reykjavik and was in charge of gym. So uh, I moved here, and I had to take the bus every day to go training for like half an hour or so. But I did it. Then I stopped school. I started the work as, you know, bouncer bouncer. So I was working nights, training in the day. And, uh, you know, from that, uh, for some reason, my, I gained, you know, I got strong. I, and I, I've always trained for just strength, explosives. I was never a bodybuilder. You know, I never trained that way. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of the times, you know, (laughs) in the past, I came came against guys that, (laughs) a lot of times people count me out. Yeah. Because I wasn't the biggest. Of course, yeah. But um, we had some people from, from, what is it called? I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. In this one contest. And they were all just fascinated with Joe Anasai. And I, I like well, "Why are all these guys talking about you?" I said, "Well, I guess it's because I've won the World Series Man a couple of times." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. that's
0: Joe as well. <laughs> yeah, Joe. Joe was a massive man, though, wasn't it? Oh, I remember watching geez. you guys competing. But as we know, it's not always the biggest man that wins these shows. It's it's the best athlete, and you were. Exceptionally consistent at every event. You saw sort of, even if you, you, you had this unique knack of figuring event out, uh, figuring events out very, very quickly. You know, when you see like a lot of guys, you could see they were struggling. You really looked at an event and you just managed to manipulate your body sometime, and you were, you were strong. There's no doubt about that. But everyone at World Strongest Man is strong. You right. were you were smart and you sort of had that combination of strength and intelligence to, to figure out the best way to do the events. And I, I think that's one of the reasons you were so dominant.
1: Well, I, I think also uh, what helped, helped me because I was, I was like, you know, a builder and all that, you, you learn how to figure out things, what's the easiest way to do things. Yeah. And then also, of course, you have to figure out what's the fastest way to do things. Yeah. And uh, it worked out. Sometimes oh, I think... But, you know, the funny thing is, and, uh, because a lot of people were talking about Martin's list, is, you know, that he won. Oh, he wasn't as strong as he was, you know, this and that. Well, he blew everybody away in the squat in the final. Yeah. Now, isn't that a pure strength event? Yeah. It is. And, uh, you know, people were saying that to me, uh, about me. It was like, oh, he's just... Uh, Fast on his feet, he's this and that. But come to a deadlift, usually not lower than a second. Yeah. Or first. Come to an overhead lift, overstop three. Come to a squat, I would win. Yeah. So,
0: doesn't that tell you who's the strongest? Uh, in strongman, it's about being the best all around anyway. That's I mean, right. well, I, it's, it's having that strength. You know, you don't have to necessarily be the strongest deadlifter. Yeah.
1: But having that strength to stay up there and be good at every, everything else, and that's, that's pretty much the key. You have to be a good all-around athlete.
0: Well, t- talking of, like, obviously, you're four times World's Strongest Man winner, which is absolutely incredible. Um, actually it's ridiculous to think that Iceland has nine world Strongest Man titles. For such a, a small nation, <laughs> you know yourself, John Paul, and obviously Thor. But what was it like, kind of, because your first show, you were just like the reserve, weren't you? I don't know. Is that true? I, I've heard like that rumor uh, before. Yeah. So you went into from uh, Man as the I reserve.
1: Did, I, yeah, I was
0: a uh, European power in Chukyo at
1: that point. I went straight from that to Scotland doing head-on Games, you know, just the next weekend, yeah. uh, and in Strongman and I was doing really well that summer. I had a uh, my, my sports club on the, from the East Coast of Iceland. They sponsored me a couple of air, air tickets. So I used them to go to Scotland to prove myself. Yeah. And uh, so I got invited to, uh, as a tester, as a reserve, for World Strongest Man in 91. And five weeks before the show, I get a call. This was like 11 o'clock at night. I was almost asleep. I get a call, and I'm asked to compete because John Paul had tore his bicep in a competition in Denmark. Okay. Now, that, that this was my, you know, huge opportunity to. Uh, really prove myself. And uh, I went there seriously when I got to the airport, we, uh, the funny thing is we were all flown into London and then we all went together on a plane to to the Canary Islands, to Tenerife, And I'm there at this airport and i had seen some of the guys before. And that's the first time I also saw Manfred Herbal. Yeah. And I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Ted Vondon And I saw as a big guy. I'm going like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but, but then I thought, like, well, I'll show those big bastards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think so many of us have been to contests and thought that. But I think it's so good to hear that from someone like yourself, because there'll be so many people watching. And they'll, they'll you know, it's, it's very easy to look at a six-foot-nine... 400 pound monster and think they're unbeatable but everyone's beatable it just depends how how willing you are to push yourself to the limit and not make excuses for for the size that you are you know we're all built differently if you look at every single world's strongest man winner they vary in size and you know abilities on certain events they've all the, the unique thing they've all had is that drive to push themselves to get better and better all the time and we I think everyone, it doesn't matter who you are, you look at other people and there's a little bit of a, oh, wow, they they look really good or they're good, you know, especially this day and age with it all on the internet and stuff like that, they'll post their training videos. But when you're a competitor, you sort of have to block all that out and you're like, right, I'm going to give 100%. And you are extremely good at at doing that. You know, It's, it's nice to hear that you did look at them and think, you know, those guys are huge. But then it is get that game face on and like, right. I don't give a damn how big they are. I'm going to give it my <all. laughs>
1: well, chance. Exactly. Well, another thing that I, I, I was pretty good at was, you know how you, you know, you've seen these guys there, they can't sleep at night before the yeah. show yeah. and stuff like that. Well, you know, their nerves get them. Yeah. That didn't happen to me. And I was usually there, I was telling the guys jokes, even in the tent, waiting to go out to do the events, just, you know, messing with them yeah then like okay we're starting you know 15 minutes 10 minutes then it's like it's like uh you know and that and that movie you know over the top stone. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that thing put the hat <laughs> back time to, to get focused so it's like switch on yeah you know, now it's time to get serious and uh i believe that that did help because if you try to stay focused and you know, just think about that, that all the time. You'll drain yourself
0: of energy. You see it a lot. I, I see so many guys, you know they're talented, strong guys. Well, you see what they can do in the gym, and then they go to a competition and they just crumble. They, yeah. they mentally just beat themselves up. They're there, like you say, towel on their head, music in their, their ears, kind of trying to psych themselves up. And you can just see the energy kind of being zapped from them. And it is the guys that manage to... You, you watch a lot of the top guys. They all joke about a little bit. And then when it's time to compete, then the, 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 the game face goes on. It's very noticeable. And it's it's a great bit of advice to give anyone. It's, you've got to try and relax, try and enjoy it. Have a bit of banter, you know, because it's, it's a tough sport.
1: Well, I, I always looked at it like having fun, enjoying what I'm doing. Yes, you're in a competition, but in the end of the day, you're 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 all you're all friends, except for Mega Man. Okay, but uh, okay.
0: we'll talk about that in a minute then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know, you're all friends, you you are having fun. And the thing is with, with this, and this is different from power of things like you can appreciate more what the other guy's doing. And uh, you know, my, my thing was always like I was always impressed with what the others are doing. I would
0: just go try to do better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. You, well, t- t- take me to this first Worlds, then, because I, I, has anyone ever won on their debut before other than the uh, original World Strongest Man? No. So you came never to the reserve. Won. You're at your first Worlds. Nobody's, like, even looking at you. They're all expecting Iceland to send John Paul Sigmundson. This kid turns up, and you beat everyone. That, you must yeah. have got some, some people looking at you after that thinking, who the hell is this guy?
1: Well, uh, you know, the, the, uh, this was then a uh, time the BBC was filming, right? So I was doing events like truck pull or something, and, you know, I would finish my truck pull and stand up, and I, I was just laughing. And, it, you know, BBC people started asking me, you know, what's, what's, what fits you, right? You know, everybody's huffing and puffing here, you're just laughing. 'm I'm, like, I'm just having fun yeah I'm <laughs> enjoying myself here and uh, now you know a lot of people well some of the people had been up against me in in shows before recent shows yeah so uh, they knew a lot of the people other people there did not expect that yeah and uh, they were like asking me yeah what, what it's like even O.D. said, it's like, you know, what's happening in Iceland? One guy gets injured and they just send another one. <laughs> what's
0: going on with it must have been tough for, like, the third guy in Iceland there, knowing, like, there's you and, and John paul ahead of you. It must have been tough. <laughs> but, um, what was well, yeah,
1: it, it was for him. Poor guy.
0: <laughs> what um? What were the events It was like '91, wasn't it? I remember seeing you uh, doing like a loading event. I think um, it was a loading. Uh, yeah,
1: it was a mixed loading. There. Yeah, you know, some elements. and if,
0: some guys couldn't finish it.
1: Yeah, and it, 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 you know it was hard.
0: Awkward, awkward objects. I remember like yeah. everyone being different. Yeah. Uh,
1: so yeah, it was the first event, and I? I remember I won that. And uh we did a deadlift yeah. up on the mountain, so yeah, it was pretty thin, but put it this way, I didn't need to go higher because I I had one. Yeah. Uh, I, at that time uh, I had plenty more than a tank. Uh the overhead was a barrel lift, which is quite difficult. Yeah. There's a lot of balance involved. And, you know, even against big, strong guys like O.D., you know, i, I managed to beat him on that as well. Uh, so, and, and I pretty much stayed in top three or, even in, yeah, in, in the others. Uh, when it came to the, uh, the last event, I really didn't need the score there. Uh, you know, I only needed like one or two points or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, and I, that's you know, I, a, It's always don't...
0: a nice position to be in, going into that well, last It
1: is, but it's, it's still like a, it, it, See, that's the, when you get into that position, you know you want, And uh, you go like, well, okay, I have to put in a little effort. Mm. You're never going to be able to put a 110% in. Yeah. So, but, you know, I still did the uh, last event.
0: I think I came second
1: third
0: in it, which was well, enough. Yeah. So you're the, the new guy. You've gone on one world strongest man. Then I believe it was the world's strongest man the next year in Iceland. Yes. So Obviously that must've been a, you know, you're going in with pressure this year then you're the, the world's strongest man. And that's probably, you know, not taking anything away from Ted Vanderpark because he, he's the man that won at the end of the day, but from, from memory, I remember watching you do the, was it the Hercu- not the um, Hussifel stone. Mm-hmm. And you just looked like you were faffing around with it. Maybe- well, the
1: <laughs> thing is, yeah, it comes down to the uh, Hussifel stone as the last evening. And I, I wasn't even worried about that one. Yeah. And, uh, and I picked that stone up, and it felt so light. But you know, you always do a mistake, you always do one that two. Actually, I should have won six times, but you know, you always mess up one or two. <laughs> so uh, is, I, I dropped it, I put it too too high on my chest. And even I, I got my fingers together. Now, what happened when I started walking? It was the pressure on my chest, on my breathing. Mm. Uh, it, it, it wasn't the weight, and I couldn't see where I was going. So I was trying to control. It. So I, I stopped. I was going to try to let it like slide a little bit, so I could see and breathe. Yeah. And instead of sliding, it fell down like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's uh, um, we we can all look back and say if some oh, yeah. about, about contests i know talking to zadrunas you know he, he said he could easily look back and say he could have won this contest or that contest yeah, yeah. but to be fair you've still won four World strongest man titles many many other titles so i'll take it and and i guess you, you learn from mistakes as well and that's something that's important yeah. i think you know we've all made mistakes every I've never ever got,
1: got so short with that
0: stone yeah yeah, well, that, that you, you, you obviously learnt from it then. Um, but even the, the year after, I mean, 2002 was a stacked lineup. to be fair. You had some competitive guys. It was quite a close finish, I think. Um, and then 2003 was in France with um, yeah. Gary Taylor winning that year. He was in great shape, 2003. And then 2000, sorry, I'm saying 2000. Well, I yeah, wasn't in shape in
1: 2003. In 93, yep. Yeah. Okay. Because because John Paul Sigmundson passed away. Yeah. in January that, that year. And uh, seriously, my head was not in the game. And, uh, and I went there with no expectations really, And I still came in second. Yeah. And so and I, I, I said to myself, I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, if I would have done my homework right, I, I, I would have won this. So I went back to the drawing boards.
0: Oh, and then you, you you really came back. But just stopping you stopping you there before we go on to that dominating yeah. period of your career. Um, you talk about Jean Paul Sigmundson. How close were you guys? Well, we were pretty, pretty close. Yeah. We had done a lot of you know traveling together, you
1: know, and and uh, you know, actually in the beginning, I, I, I did learn a lot from. You. Yeah. Uh, one of the things was when I got in, in, into the policy and. Uh, he was, uh, like, you remember the, uh, the Rising Star in Tolkien. Yeah. And uh, I had these powerlifters that I started training with. You uh, know, old. And they were like, well, oh, tra- his training methods is all wrong. He's, he's he's training too much. But I saw what he could do with his training. So I'm like, well, I'm going to be training too much.
0: If you can train too much and win World's Strongest Man four times, it's worth training, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I think yes, with training styles, it's everyone's different. But yeah. um, you know, maybe people would look at Marius Pudzianowski and say he trained too much, but he won World Strongest Man and many many other titles. Yourself, John Paul Sigmerson, it's it's getting that combination. You've got to be able to work hard, and that's yeah. where some sometimes well, people have like, guys, you know, training with me.
1: You know, and, 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 yeah, as I'm trying to uh, cope with this, what I was doing. And uh, they couldn't. Mm. They just couldn't take that that much of a of work. And um, I remember this, we were training for a team competition, me and this other guy. I'm not going to uh, mention his name. Okay. Uh, so, and the difference is, this is before I've been bossing now. The difference is, we're gonna do some training sessions together. So I show up on time, of course, even before time, and I'm training, and I'm doing, I've already done like half an hour of training when he finally shows up. Yeah. So we do a training together, right? And he takes off, but I stay and keep training. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the difference. You know, he 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 was he was a wannabe, <laughs> and he was the third place. What yeah. you talked about earlier, and uh, you know, he, 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 he that's just the way you. If you if you're not willing to put in that work, that volume of work,
0: you won't succeed in this sport. Do you think? Do you think a lot of people say they want it, but they're not prepared to actually put the effort in? <laughs> yes. I think it's a a fair comment, you know. When when you look at all the the, the really elite athletes, you do see something kind of, it's a mental strength more than anything. That willingness to push themselves into that dark place where some people just aren't willing to go to. Because I've met some incredibly strong people in the gym. You know, you see them in the gym, they're they're unbelievably strong. But when it comes to competition, and, and Strongman has a lot of events that just hurt. They're just, it's not about who can lift the most sometimes.
1: They'll hurt in the beginning and then just start
0: hurting more. I mean, people have asked me like on like grip holds and stuff like that. They're like, oh, it gets so painful. I said, keep going till it stops hurting. (laughs) You know, it's it's trying to create that mentality that you could just, you you just got to get comfortable being uncomfortable in strongman. And I, I see too many people... They, they're like, ah, oh, it's, it's it's hurting a bit. And then with a the year, they stop doing it because it's it's painful. And you see the, the guys that do well, they just keep coming back, keep coming back. I mean, you know, your countryman Thor, I was watching a few of his old Arnold competitions and he was last a number of times, but he kept coming back, kept getting better yeah. every year, kept getting better. That shows that commitment. Eddie Hall as well. I've seen him, you know, get his ass kicked at Britain's Strongest Man a number of times And then he just kept coming back, getting better and better, and then ended up being, you know, a dominant force. And you can't give up just because you're not the best straight away. (laughs) I mean, you won World's Strongest Man first time, but they haven't seen the training that went on before that.
1: There was a lot of training that had been done before that.
0: And to to be fair, I think it's very different now where we have so many more competitions and social media and stuff like that. People are seeing quite early now. We've got so many up and coming stars that haven't even competed yet but we know their names yeah. we've seen what they're doing in the gym whereas back then I guess you're just training quietly and um, then you, you could slip in with no one knowing but yeah. it's, a, it's a different period but yeah no, uh, the
1: uh, internet had hadn't arrived and, and, uh, yeah, that, which has changed a lot, a lot of the uh, things and it's changed it in a way as well which has been good for the sport is the sport is more known yeah. it's more out Oh, you know, we were just like a couple of crazy guys just lifting heavy stuff, pulling steady stuff. And, you know, people were just, just looking at this on TV and they were like just amazed at what we were doing. Yeah. But now, you, you know, you, you're more used to it, you'll you see it more often. And, it, and, and I'll tell you what, I'm impressed how far this sport has gone. You know, I, a lot of the things i did i did uh shows in like lithuania or something like that but Runas was still like 16 years old or something <laughs> and, uh, and uh the crowd that we had was unreal yeah that was the biggest thing i've had we did us except for us well, we had done some really good indoor shows Right, with huge arenas, but now these are one of the best shows in the world. It's just, and the atmosphere is just electric. Yeah, you know, I, I love it.
0: Are you are you glad to still be involved with it now with the, the, the growth of the sport? Because obviously, I mean, you know, you, you you and you and Kaz last year doing the the Hercules Hole together was um was funny because. You know your grip strength as well. You could have easily just done the same weight as the as the top guys, but it's um it's amazing, I guess, because you've you've seen the growth of the sport from the beginning. I mean, I've I've seen a good amount of growth in the sport, but you're almost from the start. You know, you like I said, you've competed with Kazma, you've competed with John Paul, those guys that were winning in the in the early eighties, um, and and to still be involved how you are, you've seen that growth better than anyone. It's um when when you do these British shows in front of Ten, 15,000 fans, genuine strongman fans, not just people that are put there to make it look like there's a crowd, genuine fans that have bought tickets. It's, 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 a, it's a humbling experience, I think, sometimes.
1: It, it is. And, yeah, I, I believe I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to still be involved with the sport a lot. Yeah. And, uh, and I believe with the sport that I kind of helped put on the map. Oh, 100% yeah so uh yeah it's you know so this year has been horrible yeah (laughs) you know like i don't you know i haven't been able to go the only thing the last show i I did was the arnold's
0: yeah yeah and that was all just just that was behind closed doors as well wasn't it the arnold's so that was just before lockdown and then you should have been at many shows, I should imagine, this year.
1: I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, I'm miss, missing out on a lot. But, uh, you know, have you uh, got... we'll just have to adapt.
0: So, other than World Strongest Man, are you involved any, in any shows happening this year? Well, uh, I've run uh, three
1: shows over here in Iceland already. Uh, we don't know yet if we'll be able to do the disabled one. The world's longest disabled man was planned because of the uh, COVID-19 to be in Iceland, and we've been holding on to it, you know, seeing how things go. So we're still hoping we can do it late in the year. If not, it just that's just one other thing. But I've been doing these, you know, shows. This is just Icelandic shows, and also the shows that, have, that run for years. Uh, and uh, my plan actually for for this year was to do uh, like a Magnus Classic, yeah, and uh, that was supposed to be pretty much stone lifting challenge. Cool,
0: overhead rock lifting, challenges. Classic, classic Icelandic stones, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah nature stones, you know, nice carrying stones like, like this, similar to the Dini stones. I, I found this. I found these. I, I, I did a tryout on these in, in my strongest man, Iceland. So. Uh, and I made these. It's a special rock, it's called Black rock, 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 rock in Iceland, right? Okay. I don't know if you've seen the picture of, of the rocks that are there. It's like.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. It's like
1: right? It's that kind of, kind of rocks. Okay. Uh, I made farmers out of these.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: Oh, they were, they, were, they were
0: horrible,
1: they oh, were horrible.
0: Smashing I, everyone's legs up, I should imagine. Yeah, they
1: were, they were hard, you know, they got, they, I think it was one by 20 meters. Wow. And uh, it was like something like 140 kilos in each hand, but it, they were like really hard, and that's how I like it. Yeah. And, and it's supposed not to be just all oh, nice, it's supposed to be hard. Awkward and, and difficult. Uh, yeah, and awkward. And we went, to, we went to, and that's a plan for the, uh, for the, uh, stone, you know, the Magnus Classic is also the Husserfeld stone. So we went to Husserfeld where but the stone is located, and we carried it around the sheep car there, you know, like it's supposed to be carried. But, um, and, um, it, it just was great. And this is what I'm, I'm planning for next year. It's going to be a Magnus Classic. So is this going to now be... Oh I guess I'm going to have to be a whole log lifting into it. Okay. Because I have these beautiful logs coming over. Nice. That uh, Richard Looney made for me. And he... Well, he made the two logs uh, months ago with the, uh, was this the Magnus logs.
0: Are these the, the nice big wooden ones that he makes? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah. then he made that, the new one, uh, is the John Paul, John Paul log and uh so that's that's so i got these three logs coming over here so i'm going to have to have a log lifting competition so
0: is this going to be like a an international show you're looking at i'm looking out for that yes nice i hope i hope next year there's a lot of good shows because obviously this year's been awful for for sporting events and stuff like that i i really i really hope things do improve and we can get back to to running these shows because it's been rough this year. I mean, how how have you found? It's been, it's been really rough.
1: Did but you, you know what?
0: One, one of the good things is I've, I've used this year. I've you know
1: collected a lot of the uh, rocks that I need and stones, etc. And etc. Cetera, et cetera. Uh, we and I'm actually involved with these guys and got have this kind of theme car park and a little, so we got you know paintball, all sorts of things going on there. So we're setting up a strong man garden. So I got I got a, a, like a, 14 stones to lift overhead, different ways. Uh, so we put all these stuff there. I have a sister stone, Husafel sister stone. Okay. From Usofell, the, the farmer there that, that owns that land found it for us. Yeah. So it's a sister stone. That's it's cool. a slightly smaller, lighter. But it's still a great stone to uh, practice on. It's like 150 kilos stone. Cool. And uh, so putting all that, that stuff together, we put big trees into the ground as platforms for the, for the stones and stuff.
0: Cool. So uh, it's going to be like a really rural-looking contest. Yeah. None of the nice, shiny it, stuff. It's, it's,
1: it's just going to be Yeah, I know. This is just raw, and rough. And this is the, you know, the Magnus Magnusson strength card kind of
0: thing. So it's this, this a question I was going to ask you anyway. Like, as, um, obviously being involved for as long as you have four World Strongest Man titles, you're the head referee at World's Strongest Man. If you could change anything about the sport, what would it be?
1: Uh, well, there's one thing. At least there would have been all this money into, into it when I was winning it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough <laughs> <laughs> you, you're just doing it for fun back then yeah <laughs>
1: exactly yeah well you know the good thing is like these guys now it, the sport is getting more recognised they're getting you know huge sponsors and all that this is great like they show like every the other athletes
0: yeah it's you know, I, I think it's brilliant the way it's going you know we're getting more and more interest in the sport There's so many that you've got all the, you know, you've been heavily involved in developing the disabled side of things. That's, that's a fairly new niche, but obviously the women's is fairly new. I know there's been women for a while, but now the women's is popular and there's lots of different weight classes. We've got the different men's weight classes. Even when I started, it was heavyweight strongman. And there might be one or two women that competed in a national championships. Now, there's four different weight classes, and every single weight class is stacked full of athletes in the men's and the women's. And I mean, I know Gary Clark, who who kind of is involved with the disabled side of things over in the UK. I mean, again, when I started, he was the only one, whereas now you fill out a whole contest of, of you know oh, yeah. athletes that are loving it. And, and uh, I, I've been involved to come watch some of the shows. Those guys are incredible. Just seeing what they, they can are, do.
1: They are just unbelievable. Uh, you know, every time I'm, I'm, you know, I'm involved with contests with them, I'm always impressed by how they they kind of step out of their disability and, and they, you know, it, it just blow my mind sometimes. You know, especially you know, one one of the things that brought my mind was at the last Arnold's was Martin Ty pulling a seated left of 500.
0: And He's incredible.
1: Yeah. You know, that's with almost no leg power, just about no leg power. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, funny thing is, you know, I've been using this deadlift as my deadlift training lately, uh, so I'm not putting the pressure on my knees. And uh, it is a great way to do it.
0: Yeah. Is it?
1: But I'm not going 550.
0: No, I was going to say, what's your best? I don't know. I haven't done it. I'm just doing it. It's just some reps. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so fascinating watching them. I remember watching a, a disabled show in the UK. And, I, and for, I, I can't remember the guy's name. But what I loved about it was his commitment. They were doing the Atlas Stones, you know, where they sort of lift it from one clip to, to the opposite side. Yeah. And the guy must have crushed his hand with an Atlas Stone. And instantly, I saw it kind of swell up, and it, it, it swelled to double the size. He just looked at it, shook it off, got on with the next stones. There was no moaning about anything. He just kind of went plowing through. And afterwards, I was like, oh, does that not hurt? He's like, "Ah, oh, fuck it. I'm hurting anyway. I just want to compete, compete and, and, and do his best. You know, uh, unfortunately, I can't remember his name, but I was just so impressed with the, the determination and just the attitude because a lot of fully able guys will complain about everything. Now this guy didn't give a damn. He just wanted to compete and you know, he's like, ah, sorry, I've got another arm, let's keep going. <laughs> uh,
1: that's the that's the uh, weird thing, is like
0: these guys don't complain.
1: They no. just want to compete, they wanna have fun. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the great things about it. Now we've take we've taken this. This was actually the original idea of, of one of my good friends called out Ar- and uh he was a coach for the disabled, in a special, you know, hospitality facility for disabled people. And, uh, you know, one summer he was just tired of going into the gym, and he started taking these guys outside, had them pull his own car with the, with the rope, and, and from that, uh, it developed, and then I got involved with it, and we kind of developed it, you know, with the events, you know, what, what, what works, what, what doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, we figured out really fast, you know, throwing for height was not a good idea for somebody in a lead year. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, that. There, there's going to be I kind know, of logistics. Sell, just, well, oh, no, you can get this on your head, No.
0: <laughs> it's
1: not bad. Yeah. Okay, out way. We even had them, you know, harnessed in a rope, in the chair and pulling a truck. Wow. With the rope. <laughs> uh, but we haven't done that for years now. We just do a hand, sit hand over hand.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, that's the fun thing, is trying to find what they can and can't do and you yeah. know, develop the sport more and more. I mean, how many years has the disabled side been going for?
1: Uh, this started somewhere around 16 years ago. Okay. So we were, you know, we were here in Iceland where we were the only ones doing this for a long time. Long time, yeah. Until yeah. and Gary had come over a couple of times, that. And he was the one that brought this to UK.
0: Yeah, I think he's very proud of that and fact.
1: Yeah. And suddenly, you know, there came some guys from the US as well, and suddenly it started over there, and it started to pick up everywhere.
0: It is really growing into us sport again it's fantastic because it's it's just more people involved in the sport like i said you've got like the under 90 kilo classes under 105 i've even seen like under 120 classes now which you'll probably laugh at because you could have probably made that you know if you had you dieted a bit but when you compete against the super heavies now that are 180 kilo plus sometimes i guess having weight classes just makes it that much more accessible and that makes more people be involved in the sport which will allow companies to produce more kit, more money come in, and you know, when when you were involved and I started, it was literally very very niche. You had to be a freak of nature to do this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Whereas now it's much more accessible. Every gym you go to has loadable equipment. There is women using strongman a kit, a kit as just part of a circuit, and it's it's great to see. I believe
1: the uh, the CrossFit has helped with
0: that. Definitely. So
1: uh, you know these kind of sports they help each other yeah and you, you're getting the uh you know what you'd say the normal people interested and in, into the sport you know they're suddenly then in the you gym know, they started to lift a lock and oh this is fun you know so yeah. they end up doing a show like oh oh you know enter so this show and see how those it's just developing and um and i think that's that's awesome, you know, getting some weight classes in and all that, but but I still believe, you know, there should only be one world strongest man. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, there shouldn't be a world strongest man under one or five kilos, or what? You know what I mean? Do you not? Do you not think there should be? There should be a world champion.
0: Yes. Okay, I, I see your point. Yeah, yeah.
1: You see the title, you know. Yeah. That's just yeah. You know, and that's just
0: my opinion. No, that's that's fair enough. I I, I get it. It's it's very difficult because when it, when I talk about strong man, I, I just treat it as a sport. I don't really, you know, the the, the argument of who's the strongest man in the world is is always going to be an ongoing argument. People will say right. it's a powerlifter. Some people say it's a, a weightlifter. Some people say it's a strong man. I just look at it as a you know being the best in your sport. And I guess the title World Strongest Man is confusing to to yeah. a lot of people because. Maybe you don't have to be the world's strongest man, but you've got to be the best strength athlete to be the or like to the best all round athlete um, to be the best. And I, I like the fact that we have lighter weight classes. But I, I get your point. You can't be the world strongest man if you're under 105, and then you know the heavyweight guy is also calling himself the world's strongest man. Uh, I see what you're, you, yeah. you're saying there. Unless you then chuck them into an overall at the end, like um, some, some sports do. <laughs>
1: But, you yeah, know, you though, you know, a lot of these 105 guys, they're unreal. Oh, without question. They move. You
0: know, it blows my mind sometimes. Uh, even some of the under 90 kilo guys, it's oh. ridiculous what they do. This, yeah. You know, the numbers now are world-class <laughs> numbers that these guys are lifting. I think the only thing when they're smaller is they... When they put into a contest against the really big guys, the big guys' bodies just cope better with things like heavy yokes, you know, truck pulls, those kind of things. When you're bigger, your body can kind of take more of a beating. It's, you know, you look at like Brian Shaw and Thor, they just, they don't get injured that often. Whereas the smaller guys, when you start pushing to those kind of limits, get injured much easier. And um, now the weights and the heavyweights are quite, quite crazy on some of the events.
1: Yes. I agree yes. with that. You know, when I started out in this sport, I've been the this more at that, you know, strength athletics. Mm. It's like, you know, that's, I think that's a good name for it. It uh, is. You know, we, we had to pick up heavy stuff and move heavy stuff. Yeah. But we were yeah. moving it longer distances. You know, we were running with a our, with our 200-pound sack on the shoulders for like 200 meters. Yeah and uh crazy stuff like that and uh the, the events have definitely changed over the years stage, you know, and, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of the guys be, became heavier bigger
0: because they just had to adapt to yeah. and that's it's always an interesting thing i mean it's something when i was speaking to jeff we talk about the guys now and like you know it's, it's always good to say like what could you guys have done against the guys now but the way he looks at it is what could we have done against you guys back then? Yeah. Because it's it's just almost two different sports in, in some ways. In you some know, ways. I, I, I still I, I believe if I would have been
1: put together, you know, but now, I would have still been kicking ass. Yeah. Because all my training, all my nutrition... Everything, everything would have adapted. Exactly. So if I would have been doing the same training regimens and everything these guys are doing now,
0: no doubt. I, I, I have, I, I agree. I think guys like yourself, Kaz, all, the, all those kind of like older legends, you would have adapted. I think the big difference between the guys now is there's just more good guys. Oh, yeah. Whereas back then, I think there was like a few exceptional guys. Whereas now you can have 10 guys in the final of worlds and they're all well, monsters.
1: If you found one in, in good in a country, yeah, you know, really, really good in a country. Now you can pick from few in in every country.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it is crazy. Anyway, I want to I want to talk about ninety four to ninety six because I think there was no question in those three years you were the absolute dominant force in in strongman, three titles in a row. How did you motivate yourself to kind of keep coming back and cause you had a lot of good competition, you know? There was a number awesome. of really good guys, Heret Badenhorst, Riku Kiri, um, you know, Manfred. There was some awesome guys that you were up against. Well, like I said, after
1: uh after that show in France, I realized that I could have won. I could, you know I could I could have won that if I would have just had my had on the right place and prepared properly. So uh that's what I did. I went back, back and, and I trained my ass off. And uh, and I came back. Because I I, you know, I wanted to prove a point. It's like uh, it was all these speculations that I got lucky, you know, winning the first one. Oh John Paul wasn't there or Jamie Reese wasn't there. And uh so I had to prove a point that I wasn't just lucky.
0: I don't think you can be lucky four times. <laughs> I mean, I remember one finish. I played a lot, played a lot but... but uh, well, you, uh, you, know, you spoke about you were winning quite comfortably in the 91 show. I remember, was it 94 against um, uh, Manfred Herbel? It was like neck and neck going into that Atlas Stones at the end. And I think you just won we by were, a split second. We before the stones. Wow. So, it was do or die. And it was just a fraction that you, you got that stone up before him. Well, I, I had seen, you know,
1: Mumford we have done the stones before a couple of shows and all that, and then a new Mumford would be fast, especially with the, uh, like the first two. Yeah. So, what I did is like, I had this game plan that I I'll stay with it, with the first two. As soon as I put my number, I think it was two, or three, I can't remember. Uh, as soon as I put that one on, I ran as fast as I could to drop the next one. And I was ahead. Yeah. And I, I kept that until the end. And uh, Manfred got distracted as well, because he was cutting the song. And he looks over and see I'm ahead of him. Yeah. Almost stumbles, but you know, gets it. And uh it, it's just I had that game plan. It, it's like in my head, I was like, put that on, I like go. I it up.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes you just gotta you gotta take a risk and, and make some kind of tactical decision. And I'm sure sometimes it doesn't pay off, like you know, 92. Other times yeah. it pays off. Um... Do the
1: funny thing is, like this was the first show I ever came up and I made myself sleeves for my forearms, because I kept tearing my forearms. <laughs> I remember doing shows and sometimes two shows, you know, two days in a row, doing the Atlas stones. Yeah, My forearms were already bleeding from the day before. Yeah. And uh, so I, I had some Something made, made, especially for my forearm. That was the first time I brought, brought these along, and uh, they worked. Excellent. It, you, you know what I what I did. You know how you have, have these big Wellingtons when you go fishing, right? So I had a had a shoemaker take those things, you and open up the fabric, right? Yeah. So it's like black inside. So it's like a kind of rubbery kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And uh-huh. I open it up, cut it up, and threw it back together so it was black on both sides. And then we made the velcro on it,
0: so I could velcro it on, on my forearm. So like, these are like the original stone sleeves then. Yeah, look like a Because everyone's got them now, but Magnus is the reason we, um, we've um we all got them. That's that's yeah. interesting. I, I didn't know that, that's brilliant. You know, they, they they just work perfectly. Obviously, in those hot conditions as well, sometimes having the sleeves stops yeah. the sweat getting onto the tacky and stuff like yeah. that. So like, you, you just thought of everything back then, way before the rest of us had all these modern bits of, of kit to use. Imagine if I would have
1: had that tacky you guys have today.
0: <laughs> you might have lifted a 180 stone.
1: <laughs> oh, that, that would have been, made us so much difference.
0: Yeah, no, it does. I I think when you look at the advancements in Strongman, it's you know the, the deadlift and the pressing has come on, but the real advancements are in like the the, the actual strongman events. So like the, the, you know you guys never trained the events like we do, but now you have yokes, farmers walks, atlas stones. We have all of that to train on, and that's where the real advancements has come. And then better training methods, better te- you know technique, better equipment to use. That's that, that's where the big advancements have been more so than the just static strength.
1: Well, I, I was around. Think when the first yoke was being done with, you know, how we did used to do the yoke. Go on, it, it was in, in, in Scotland, right? But that was Edmund games. and we it, it was like a wooden yoke from that you would use for a you know animal, the oxen, yeah. yeah. So, and it was uh, trails from it was a little. Shaped in the bottom, right? So it was a metal. And we have people standing on each side. A lot of times, two people standing on each side, holding on to this. <laughs>
0: running on the on the, on the I bet those people were terrified, well, not well, Don't drop them. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine some of the newer guys worrying about that.
1: <laughs> uh, so you know, that was like a first yoke. The first serious York I tried was in Lithuania. And that was one of the craziest things I've ever tried. They had just a root, two s- sandbag sacks hanging from the boat. And each sack. From, from rope? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. And you, when you took these up, this was like swinging everywhere. Yeah. And we had to go, I think it was 10 meters or something, right? turn and come back <laughs> said, you know this was in Lithuania so all, all the Lithuanians managed to do this they yeah were,
0: yeah yeah of course
1: we were all, 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 all you know first trying this for the first time and I think it was me and Kitty and, and one else that to finished right? it. because it was just throwing people onto their asses
0: yeah I've I've tried the um the like the chain yoke before where it's kind of hanging with chains and yeah. it's so much harder than a than a standard oh. yoke. Know, yeah, that that, yeah. that awkwardness again. Train on something
1: like that, though,
0: but yeah, it makes a, a big difference if you if you can train on the on the kit. Anyway, you mentioned earlier you got on with everyone except Mega Man, and obviously World Strongest Man ninety six was he in your group? Yeah. Tell us about that then. What, what what's with Mega Man Nathan Jones for people that don't oh. know absolutely huge monster of him I was about six foot ten huge guy it, it was a, it was a big guy and, you know he's been
1: doing he was doing pretty movies. well he's been doing pretty good with the movies as, as the uh, as the bad guy you know, most of them but uh, yeah he he didn't like me too much <laughs> <laughs> any reason know. no it was just because I was winning oh. uh, <laughs> well it might be a reason you know first time he shows up was in uh, Scotland we were doing games and uh, he's uh, up against, against Gary Taylor and some of the guys to do strong and there was Highland games going on and the first week I was doing Highland games so he beat Gary Taylor mm-hmm. first time he, he shows up so next weekend he's up against me. And I basically you know one of the events was like uh, the uh, pokus, Yeah. And uh you know he he had this he had a bit of an attitude. Because he, he yeah, he had beat Gary and all that. He thought he thought he was unbeatable. So I had to teach him a lesson. So one of the things is like, on, this is a big and heavy guy, right? And um, we get into the uh, pole push. And basically, Randy and wrote this on Iron Man magazine, right? Just yeah. a picture of us. And it's says underneath, Magnus throwing Mega Man around like a rag doll. <laughs> 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 I, I, I got pretty mad at it. So we were going, and I just... I threw him out of the ring and I threw them to the end of the pole up after him. <laughs> I like, like fucking stay out.
0: <laughs> oh, the, the Mano Mano events, they, they're they always good fun. Really
1: friendly with me after that. <laughs> he, 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 didn't, he, he didn't cope with that humor.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> he seemed like a very serious guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, in in the in, in my heat and and the, and that qualifier, uh, it ends up with doing the uh, look for reps. Yeah, and uh, I go first, and I I put a, a good number for them to try to catch. Yep, and uh, he was having difficulties. He thought he had, had it in the bag. Yeah. He uh But he didn't qualify. I think it was Yorma Oyana who qualified as well. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, and I'm, I I'd walk out on the tent to, you know, shake his hand and, you know, say, hey, hey good fight. You know, good effort. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, <laughs> he's like, he slaps my. My hand and I was just like really pissed off. So that's have, how I read that went.
0: Have you ever seen him again since? No, no.
1: Uh, I don't think he ever see, ever did a con- strongman contest after that, did he?
0: No, I don't think he did. Because was it Magnus Magnus Samuelson arm wrestled him in '95? Wasn't
1: that was it? the year before. Yeah, in so, '95. So actually, the year after. So I actually and looking at what he was doing, I, I had seen, you know, he tried these logs in the yard before the contest and all that. So I kind of knew what I, what I was going to do. And I, I was, you know, snatching the logs pretty much mm. like, like they would called the Viper press. And, um, you yeah, know, he, he was having difficulty. And I, I even saw that with, with the lockout. Yeah. And I, yeah. that's because he broke that arm the year before. Mm. So he 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 couldn't stay with us.
0: Yeah. Well <laughs> you know, strongman's tough. It's like we said earlier, it's the guys that kinda of stay around and keep going, the yeah the successful ones. There's been a lot of people come in like a you know, a whirlwind, be good for a year or two, but they can get forgotten about pretty quickly if you know, winning in this sport is not easy. And no, no, uh, you know,
1: I You know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't that, what, seven times I showed up at the World Series Man? Yeah. You know, and the um, only thing that stopped me was the injuries.
0: Yeah. So, um, I, I know about those. But, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I know you know, i <laughs> had a few. Had a few uh, but if, if you're going to do this for like in my country. Yeah. For years and years, and I didn't really re- really. I retire until I was like 45.
0: I actually remember when I was first getting into Strongman myself, watching you in some of the, like, the Champions League shows and stuff like that later on in your career. But you just looked like yeah. you were having fun then, to be honest. You yeah. didn't, you know, maybe not quite as serious yeah. as you were when you were in your prime.
1: No, no. I was getting <laughs> paid
0: to show up. So obviously it was such an incredible career, competing against so many amazing athletes. Who was your toughest opposition? Who were the guys that you sort of really respected and you knew you had to be on form to beat?
1: Well, uh, when Manfred was there, he was uh, always a uh, he was always a tough. One. had a few battles, and uh, you know he's 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 one of the guys that adapted really well to strongman. Yeah. You now Rico Kiddie Kitty, Kitty was. I, I remember one year he was pretty much winning everything. Every every show he was winning. Uh, you know, I was there but getting second or something like that. Yeah. I come to the World Strongest Man, I did it. That's the one that matters.
0: Yeah. Well, do, do you think there was anything about worlds that affected him, or was it just you were? Uh, you, you... World Strongest Man is a different show. I've said this many times. It's different to the one-day shows. I think you, you need that, that kind of calm head sometimes to be able to cope with the pressure and the, the longevity of the, of the event.
1: Well, I, I believe also, well, let's put it this way, we you go back, the three years I've won in row, right?
0: And has anybody won three in a row? Um, I don't think so. Maybe Kaz? I think Kaz did 80, and 80, 81, eighty-two. Eighty-one, 80, 81, 80, 81
1: 82, 82. I think yeah, yeah. I think he did three
0: in a row. Oh, okay, three, three of us Peter, you know, winning it. Two of us winning it three uh, years in a row. Now, where was I? I lost, I lost. I lost it. You were talking about winning oh. three, three, three years in a row. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. <laughs> so worry. It's. it's yeah, that is. it's an incredible. You know, we're talking about Um, um I, know, I
1: know. I know what I was going to say. Those that first year of those three was the first year that they brought in the qualifiers. Yes. And before that, it was invitation only. Yeah. Right. And guys got invited. So this was the first year was that they had the qualifiers. Now. And winning it with that three years in a row at the qualifiers fire. So it was longer show, long longer, you know, more events really uh, to do it, etc. And I believe I was the best prepared athlete for that. Yeah. Because that's how I trained. My training was that much value at that time. Uh, you know, sometimes my training session went up to four hours. It happened. Three hours was really I mean, normal. Yeah. And, um, so I was, I was used to that kind of work environment. So even trying to save energy, it was like kind of funny. Funny is like I just seem to keep getting stronger towards the final. Yeah. And I didn't even, it, 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 it's weird, but. <coughs> It's like I, I always reserved certain energy even if i wasn't thinking about it but then you had like guys like rick kiri do it for example or some of the other guys wasn't used to this yeah they were given these one day shows. they were used to this you know the waiting okay prepare let's go but and oh no no wait a minute one of the camera isn't sitting right, right, okay, yeah.
0: go back, you know, wait right? for half an hour. Or... It's, it's a hard thing to cope with if you're not used to it. Yeah. and some, yeah. some people just can't cope with it at all. Yeah,
1: and that, that's where I, where I, it comes again to being able to switch on and just switch off. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, a lot of these guys just like concentrate all the time yeah. and they can't yes. can cope with it, this kind of long competition
0: they end up just burning burning up too much wasted energy
1: yeah,
0: yeah no definitely it was, uh, it was
1: like i could see these guys like you know their energy level was dropping, but mine was coming up yeah
0: and then it, i guess it just filled you with confidence and, and, and it just made you better and better this you know i know from experience sometimes when you can get on that role in a competition you just start well and then you just feel like you're getting better and better and better when things are just going your way and and then that that again can affect the opposition, and they they think ah I'm too far back now, and they, they don't try as hard maybe on the later events, and then you, you can just run away with a, a show sometimes. So it's um it's a nice feeling when it happens like that. <laughs> it doesn't always, yeah. but
1: it, it, it's a funny sport though. A lot of it, a lot of times happened that, and even though I was pretty much certain that, that I would win, I wouldn't win. Hmm. But then I would win, even that I
0: wasn't expecting to win. Yeah, I've been there before as well. It's so strange. It's like you're, you're too confident. And you, it's, it's something I'm going to do with that. It's like you're
1: too confident and you don't really put all everything you have into it. And then uh, now you know you have to do your absolute best.
0: And then you suddenly win that. Well, that's, it's, i guess it, what makes it you know interesting is that we never know what's going to happen you can't just say that guy's going to win i mean I've, I've been in that situation before one of my best events and i'll fuck up and it goes yeah. crap but you've got two options then some people will let that affect them and they'll be terrible for the rest of the show i remember it was 2018 i messed up on a frame carry which is arguably one of my best events. And I, I totally, you know, really messed up on it. The next event was the Atlas Stones, which isn't my best event. And I went and won it. <laughs> you know, but I didn't get frustrated. I mean, you know, I was disappointed it wasn't a good performance. But I was like, right, it's done with. Forget about it. Let's move on to the next event. Whereas it's very easy to let that one bad event then knock you, knock your confidence and then you just kind of go down, down, down. You, you've got to be very good in this sport. At just blocking things out and moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. Before I let you go, because I know you're, you're very busy, I've got a few Patreons that want to ask you a couple of questions, if that's okay. Okay. So We're we'll, we'll just some quick fire questions. Uh Let's see what we've got. So this is an interesting one. And um I think I know the answer, but like someone's asked, what's your relationship with Thor like? Because they never see you at his gym, but I, I know you've got your own gym <laughs> that you, you run. Is it Jackaball is, um, yeah. is your place? So, is there, is there a reason you don't train at Thor's gym? There's no
1: reason to train there when I have my own gym, yeah. which I think is way better.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's a
1: very... Well, put it this way. Jakobo, which I started years ago, that's the gym that Thor, Thor grew up in. Yeah. So, okay, you know, he went along and founded his own gym. That's all fine, but always remember where you came from.
0: Sure. Do you guys get on okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Okay. Next question. What's tougher, competing or being a judge and dealing with all the the athletes?
1: You know what? Mentally, a lot of times it's tougher to be the referee. Yeah. Let's put it this way: everyone I hates the referee. Much more competing. Yeah, you that, enjoyed competing that, more. Really enjoyed that. Yeah. And, and, and uh, it was hard, really hard, to uh,
0: let that go. Sure. It's, um. Yeah, I I I understand that. One hundred percent. It's it is hard, but I, I got to say, you you, you know. I know all the athletes feel the same. You, you're a, you're a fantastic referee, so you're doing a good job. And I like the fact that you're strict across the board. There's no favoritism. Doesn't matter who it is. I'm sure if it was your your own child, you'd disallow them a rep if they if they didn't lock out. So it's um it's, it's good to see, right?
1: When, when I'm, I'm there,
0: there's no favorites. No, no, you're yes. there to do a job. Yeah, and you can see that. That's it's clear to see. Um, what was your your favorite strongman event? Overhead stone lift. Yeah, it's an interesting interesting kind of favorite. I don't know anyone else that would say that. <laughs> to me, that's the ultimate overhead lift. Yeah, <laughs> just because of the awkwardness. It, it's
1: just it, it requires so much skill balance.
0: Yeah, you can't you can't really train it either, can you? If every stone is no, different, really. they all they all feel different. They're all balanced differently. You got to kind of have, be able to just feel the right way to hold it. It's um yeah, interesting. What was the heaviest no, stone? No, no, no,
1: no. uh One thirty six kilos. Cool. What, what was, was, at time, was at that time the world record.
0: Yeah, I was going to say was this that was right? after I retired. I can't. I can't imagine the records much more than that. Now is it? Yeah. Uh, this
1: has has stood for about fifteen years. That was that stood for uh, fifteen years. Yeah, it was actually me and, and Brian Schoenfeld that lifted that stone. We yeah. did that in uh, in Holland. And uh, you know, there were two, two other guys that was meant to. You know, they had a were going to have a go at it but uh, somebody dropped the stone and broke it
0: <laughs> was that you yeah. <laughs> was that just because you wanted to keep the record <laughs> <laughs>
1: a, like i got like a down signal and i just dropped it and it broke like uh,
0: there's, not a lot, there's not a lot you can do about that unfortunately yeah. so one more question from from the guys um how do you feel about the kind of individual world records that are, are being set out of out of the gym or out of a competition, outside of a competition? How does that... Do you think they're good, or, or do you not like them? Well, <laughs> I, b- I believe
1: that's, that's all fine. You know, th- this has been, you know, a lot, a lot of times internationally the only thing, you know, really happening yeah. in, the, in this pandemic. And it, it's ent- been entertaining the fans. Yeah. You know, do I... Believe, you know, in, in world records like that. Uh, in my opinion, I believe a world record should be done in a competition. Okay, but you have that all that pressure. You have the other athletes, all that. Uh, but you know, this is a world ultimate frontman that has been doing that, and. Uh, you know, in, inside their organisation, they, they can call this world record. Yeah.
0: Obviously, I mean, you, 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 you were there. You were the referee for Thor's 501. Yeah. It was an um, incredible lift, obviously.
1: Well, oh, you know, well,
0: I, I wasn't
1: there when Eddie called the 500. That was uh, also
0: an incredible lift. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, the thing is, Eddie made history. Yes, that, it was just an unbelievable speech of strength. And he you know, always remember that's one that pulled five hundred. Yeah. Now he took the record from four hundred and sixty-five to five hundred. He broke it by
0: thirty-five or thirty-five kilos. Uh, what was it? It was four. It was four, Yeah, four, thirty-five kilos. Yeah. 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 So, which is a lot.
1: Yes. So, you know, whatever it is, you know, 500, 501 or something like that, you know, that's pretty much similar. But, you know, the 500 body has already been broken.
0: It's like the four-minute mile and stuff yeah, like
1: that, isn't it? When you, see, when you think yeah, when you that, you know, that's, that's the heaviest grade. I've ever seen gold.
0: Mm. And you, you're a very strong man. So you, you appreciate how heavy those kind of numbers are. So just with that in mind, ten years time, where are we going to be at with Wilson, with strongman? What what's going to be happening? Do you think? Because obviously you've seen the growth of the sport. How good are these guys going to be in ten years?
1: For for some reason, guys just seem to get better and better. You uh, know we. The part is, you know, from the next company, especially watching this at the arnolds you know, for last year, a couple of years, it's like, next year, okay, we'll put in a heavier dongle. We'll put in a heavier this. And the is the always rise to the challenge. And it's yeah. just been amazing to watch. It's, it's and uh, and uh, it makes me think, you know, how far... Can you go? How far really can you test, and take the human body? Um, you know, a lot, a lot of this thing has, has blown, blown my mind. That. But you know, I believe you know to be able to pull these big weights, you know, you, with the figure eight straps and all that. It, it does make a difference. It's, 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 it's kind of, you know, you can't compare that to like a power
0: lift. Yes, I, I totally agree. They're, they're, they're two different lifts. I've, um, but, but the strength is incredible. I mean, oh, incredible. you know, I, I remember watching Strongman when I started to, to get involved and Zdrunas won a deadlift with 360 kilos. Now, yeah. often at Strongman contests, they're starting at 380, 400 kilos. And every, every, everyone in the contest can pull four hundred kilos. Are we going to get to the point where everyone's pulling five hundred kilos? I
1: don't know. It, 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 it's, it's just you know, like I said, you know how how far can you push the human body?
0: It's going is to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to to see. I think the popularity is one of the reasons. You know, there's more people. Yeah. It. The internet, obviously, people see what like when you were competing. We saw it once a year on TV. You know. Yeah. Whereas now every time you flick through your phone, you're seeing some freak of nature lift some ridiculous weight somewhere in the world. And, you know, it opens up people's eyes. There's better information out there and coaching nutrition, all those kind of things. And I guess chasing the records, it makes people push that a bit harder because there's a lot of guys now, they just specialize on one or two lifts. Whereas the the real great strong men are still, you know, the Kiliuskoski, for instance, who's so good at everything. Um, but there's guys out there that are exceptionally good at one or maybe two events, and they they get a good name for being so good at those those one or two events. Okay.
1: It's it's been you know pretty interesting to watch. I tell you one, one thing, you know, to pull you know like 400 kilos, you know, when I was starting the out and, and all the thing, and everything, yeah, you know, that was just something that was out of reach, really. really? Yeah. Like, i did get, get pretty close to it but i remember you know and then benedict pete Anderson comes from he's, he comes from uh, well he's been training somewhere in abroad. he comes back to iceland comes to the gym and uh he's going for 400. I, I had a super suit that was too big for me so i it to him yeah and i said hey you know if, if you can pull that you know, he can keep the suit.
0: Okay. <laughs> so what does he okay. do? <laughs> he pulls he it.
1: He to be it. <laughs>
0: Hey, it was a motivating suit, obviously. He wanted that four times world strongest man deadlift suit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he so, was
1: incredible. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, he was unbelievable. And, uh, but, you know, that's always the worst enemy of, of a swan man. That's injuries. Yeah. You know, and 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 uh, you, know, you know, it is not like you're just you know tweaking a muscle a little bit. Sometimes you tear them off the bone. Yeah. And uh, and you you know you, can, I've seen so many biceps go in 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 my time. And uh, what finally you know stopped me? I had to have my knees tore up. You know, my quadriceps. So uh had them fixed and all that. And I, I came back from that, still competing in Iceland. Mm. And uh, then I was doing one of my shows and I wasn't too many competitors. So I'll just, you know, join you guys. And I wasn't prepared. And uh, I tore my bicep, but it didn't go off. I just tore it. So it, it, it has a better peak now.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing. Yeah. You know, when you.
1: But, but after that, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm, I've had enough.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm just. You know.
0: I think eventually always... you do. You know. They. You. You can't give up at the first injury. If, yeah. if you give up at the first injury, it's not the sport for you. But eventually it stops you want, like, it's just that mental, it's mentally that bit harder to keep coming back. I think yeah. when you've had injury after injury, that that was my issue. You know, I, I had a good career, but eventually it was just like, have I got the motivation to push myself for an extra five or 10 kilos or then just get injured again? You know, it's, I, I think eventually you've got to think, right, I've got to weigh this up a little bit. Is it, is it worth it? Um, I would have loved to have gotten yeah. to the podium at Worlds. Yeah, you know. But, I think that, yeah, when you get the injuries,
1: you are pretty much okay, I'm back to the drawing board, right? Yeah. So you gotta try and get you know, prepare yourself. So you're catching you're catching up the other other guys that yeah. haven't gotten in, into injured training like normally, right? So you're suddenly trying to catch up with these guys. Yeah. And, and, and when you get start having these setbacks again and again and again you, you'll start you know questioning yourself you start like okay where am i really going with this yeah you know do i want to come into a contest and, and and keep coming last or do i just should i just walk away from it but I'm still yeah, I think like, if,
0: if, if you're a competitive person you don't like being anything but your best and that's, that's been the, the thing oh. for me. And I'm sure, you know, four times world's strongest man, you don't like turning up to a competition being mid-table or near the bottom. It's, it, yeah. You know when you're in your prime what you're capable of. And I think you, you, we all get to that point.
1: Well, that... I'll I tell, tell you one thing. My plan always was that when I would kind of retire, I was going to retire a strongman was that I'm gonna, I was going to go full-time into uh, Highland Games. Okay. I did not plan on my knees getting messed up. Mm. And you need those for the Highland Games. So, but, for some, time, I was always pretty good at the, at the games as well. Like got two times, two times third of the World Championships. And that's me
0: not being a fool. Just, just messing around with it. Yeah, <laughs> I you used to be
1: still... like three times to a field, to tra- you know, throwing sessions before Highland Games. That was it. That's,
0: uh, yeah, it just shows how talented you were. I was just going to say before we leave you do, you, do you still train quite a bit now then? Because you said you don't really do like bodybuilding stuff. You still focus on benching. I've seen you do some benching videos and you're still looking pretty strong.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I try. You know, it's, just, it's been so hard, especially for a lot on a year or something with the training yeah because uh, yeah. my knees are not really allowing me to do anything okay. and I'm scheduled to um, supposed to have knee replacements on, on both knees. okay I did okay. try the stem cells. they didn't do what I was hoping for yeah um, so uh, I'm, I'm pretty much over here just on the waiting list to have this done
0: so with these injuries and stuff that you have is there any regrets when you look back at what you achieved over your career because I've seen like you know Ronnie Coleman for instance people see him now and he's really struggling but he says he wouldn't have changed anything you know for for those four world Strongest Man titles are, are you happy to have gone through it all I am only regret is fucking that Rousseau <laughs> should have had that fifth title yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Magnus has been amazing talking to you. Obviously, I could talk to you about men all day, and uh, we've had plenty of chats uh, after competitions and stuff. Hopefully, next year we'll be back seeing you referee these shows, and, and I'll be there, and you know we can have some more. But thank you so much for coming on. Very uh, quickly, for fans wanting to find you, where can where can people find you?
1: Uh, well, they can find me on my Instagram. Is Magnus and and. Uh, and uh,
0: they they can find me through Jakob gym as well. Cool. Yeah, somewhere I need to come. Next time I'm in in Iceland, I need to come and train there, so I will make it happen. Magnus, look after yourself. I will see you soon, my friend. Always a pleasure, my friend. Take care. Give my best to I will do. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. bye bye (laughs)